I've always wondered when it comes to drawing, do the characters speak to you? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's what you want. I think that's what most artists are after. It's a bummer when the character doesn't speak to you. It's a bummer when the page doesn't speak to you. When you're just looking at a blank page and there's no spark there, it's almost like going through depression. It's almost like it's just, oh, this sucks. I, I need to create, but there's something that's stifling me. And, and, and I think that's why inspiration is so important. Yo, family, what's going on? What's going down? What's shaking? Welcome to Jonathan Soul's podcast. This is your host, Jonathan Soul. Family, what we do in the program is I talk to African creatives. I talk to folk from the diaspora, people who create comics, write fiction, people who indulge in serial entrepreneurship. So, family, if you're trying to create your own place in the world, if you're trying to write the future the way you want to see it, you need to tune into this program. JonathanSoul.com every Sunday and Wednesday. And I do comic reviews on Friday. Love you guys. Now check out this interview. Jonathan Soul. Yep. 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 I got the honor and privilege of talking to a trailblazer. Talking to somebody who not only uh, has mastered the craft of comic book illustration but is perfecting the art of storytelling. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm talking to Chris Williams. How you doing, sir? I'm very good. Thanks for having me, man. Uh, it's something uh, that's particularly groovy about your style. Um, so let's, let's talk about it. So tell me about Summons. How did it come about? Was it, were you initially trying to start a comic series? Was this more of like a, I don't know, a, an exploration? I mean, tell, tell me about Summons. Well, uh, summons is it's an idea I've had in incubation since I since my late teens. Mm -hmm. um, it was uh, essentially pretty much like almost like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer clone. Okay, but when I started to see the potential of it and where I could do something original with it and kind of invoke that '90s image style that I love so much, um, I just just decided to to go forward with it. Um, started drawing some pages in college, and uh, after that, I decided, you know, what, let me let me take a shot at this, and you know, take it seriously. Um, so yeah, it's a pretty pretty much a kind of like a modern supernatural uh, tale, magic books, spells, monsters. My little spin on you know those tried and true supernatural tropes. Yeah, I mean when I when I looked at the style. I definitely got a, a Spawn kind of McFarlane-esque kind of feel. Am I am I too far off or what happened? Oh no, sir. That's that, that's that's that was my jam back in the day. Yeah. It was all about Spawn. Everybody had a I think everyone that drew or liked to doodle back in the day when Spawn was truly popular and significant had a character that had like that mask or something like that. It's it's almost like everybody made their own Dragon Ball Z character. Everyone right. had a Spawn character. Right. That mask, so now, do you have aspirations of kind of following his footsteps? Do you see like uh, figurines in the future? I mean, because the characters are very, um, very colorful, very uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I would I would like to say flamboyant in a way. Okay, you know what I mean when I look at the uh, the, the I'll call them the, the the magi, the mage. 
Um, the uh, the brother who wears the mask and the red outfit. Yeah. Magus. Magus, exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Except the, not like the traditional Magus. There's there's the uh, traditional spelling of it, M-A-G-U-S. It was kind of play on that, but like mm-hmm. Mega, like M-E-G-A-S, and I made it an acronym to stand for the association he's with. Right, exactly. Um, exactly. So what, what's your thoughts? You, I mean, on a perfect day, like how far would you push this? Would it just be several issues? Do you see it? You know, the, the catchphrase I think nowadays is transmedia. Yeah. You know what I mean? People put trans in front of everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But I mean, I can easily, I can easily see the little girl here as a, as a figurine with the uh, sword and, and, and some dragons uh, and some demon's head hanging. You know, I, I can see that easy. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I am so for that. Like, that's been in back of my brain since the beginning. Mm-hmm. I, I want to do, uh, you know, I, I want to do several issues. I want to get the story arcs, you know, out there because I have other characters I want to introduce. But I, I want to get into, you know, the merchandise and stuff. I want to get figurines. I want to get action figures. I want to get a video game. Um, mm. I, I think it would be a great uh, kind of modern, you know, twist on uh, like a real-time RPG-ish type of thing mm-hmm. with supernatural elements and stuff like that. And I, would, I think it would be a great animated series, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I always thought it was kind of interesting, the dichotomy between uh, supernatural and superpowers. You know yeah. what I mean? Is there a reason why you chose super? Is it just because you were such a big fan of, of Buffy and, and all that kind of stuff? Or, I mean, I've always I just feel like there's something really fresh to mind in that genre mm-hmm. that can kind of cross pollinate with the superhero genre. Right. Like I, I don't think anyone's really bridged that gap. Really, it's almost like the supernatural its own thing and then the superhero thing has been in its own thing so i want to make a supernatural hero hmm. um and, and that's kind of where i'm headed but also you know i like stories that toe the line between good and evil and you know and what is ethical and all that stuff so mm-hmm. now what's interesting is you put christine in high school yes christine helos is helos right it's Helios, actually. Helios. Okay, Christine Helios. So uh, you put her in high school. Is there a reason why you did that as opposed to a full-grown woman, college student? Why high school? Um, well, I mean, you know, high school is always a great, you know, breeding ground or, or backdrop for someone growing. Mm-hmm. And I wanted uh, her decisions to be somewhat based in adolescence. So when she does come to maturity, it's like, I don't know, it's just that much more powerful. Gotcha. And, you know, her decisions make that much more sense. Plus, I have some plot lines where, you know, there might be an older version of her and, you know, or she's she's like a reincarnated version type of character. So there's different versions of her that are much more mature and much more powerful. Mm-hmm. And they might come into play later. Wow. Now, uh when I got the uh, the package, and I want to thank you, I still got the envelope. You actually drew uh, Christine on the uh, thing. That's why on the little uh, mailer, I still got this. As a matter of fact, yeah. um, that's one of the reasons why I love supporting like small, uh, you know, artists, small publishers, small in the sense of, you know, in terms of like, you know, like size, not small in terms of potential, not small in terms of quality. Because this book I got here, I got, I don't know, if, ladies and gentlemen, if you can hear it. I got, uh, I got uh, Summons 1 and 2. 
And uh, this this quality is is professional grade. You know, what I mean, the printing, the colors, um, some books that I have on my desk here um, online, they look terrific. But when it's printed, the colors are muddy. You, you, the outlines, you know, kind of bleed into some of the. You know what I mean? So this is a quality piece of work. Um, I appreciate that, man. I really do. Tell me a little bit about the mechanical part of it. Tell me about, um, you know, what kind of applications do you use? Uh, you know, how did you find your printer? Um, fulfillment, all that kind of stuff. Tell me about the the, the techie part. Well, the big deal uh, nowadays to really get people going uh, to not have to really be with a publisher, anybody doing the independent thing is a POD, print on demand. Okay. So there are a bunch of companies out here that are print on demand and you can just, you can either print low quantities, you don't have to get like a large print run where it's going to cost you like over a thousand dollars and it makes the cost of each individual issue go down. Like right. there, there are a lot of very convenient ways to print an independent comic book. So I went that route. Um, I, I'm a penciler. I pretty much do everything on the book except for inking and coloring. Mm -hmm. So I get an inker. Um, I get a colorist. I draw my pages traditionally. I'll scan them in. I use an application called Photoshop. Anybody mm -hmm. who's really, uh, you know, uh, photo tech savvy, you know, is probably familiar with that application. Right. Um, clean my stuff up and then I'll send it over to my inker. My inker inks digitally. They'll send it back to me. And then I'll send it back to uh, the colorist with uh, some color flatting and some ideas where they can go. And uh, then that gets back to me. And then I format the page and put the words on. And that's pretty much the process. And I'll send it off to the printer when it's ready. Wow. So um, you guys use Dropbox? Like, how do you move files back and forth? Yeah, Dropbox is actually an awesome way to uh, kind of sort your files and confirm with uh other people that you're collaborating with, real easy. Um, I like that better than emailing. Um, my anchor and I, we have like a permanent Dropbox folder that we share. Um, and it's like I anchor always kind of refer to him. I look at him like, uh, he's like, you, you, you know, a black man and a barber, they're kind of inseparable. You know, right. once you get your barber, uh -huh. you know, and they know how to line you up, it's like right. you're not really trying to go to anywhere else. That's the way it is with a good anchor. <laughs> Okay. Surprisingly, you know, he knows my line so well. He knows how to get around them. It's like he adds another element to what I've already done. So it's really just that Dropbox thing makes the language and converse, conversing easy to go back and forth so we can really be productive. Really good uh, tool. A more technical question. Do all y'all have to have the same version of Photoshop? I mean, like, is there a disparity between the two? I mean, there are different, uh, there's a lot of disparities, I guess, if you want to get technical. Like, with is it. one there's, person doing, like, the old school installed locally and the other one got the creative cloud? I mean, that's what I mean, like, version. Yeah, like, I don't have it, so I don't know what anyone else has, but wow, uh, okay. I'm rocking with um with uh, CS4. That's, like, the, the fourth, you know, fourth or fifth version Mm -hmm. of it and it's in like i think it's like you know yeah creative cloud is like the latest one yeah. it's like cs6 or 7 wow um, okay. so i'm still like it's it works for me uh-huh and uh it's the program and i've had that program since college so <laughs> i didn't have to pay for the program i got it since college and i've just been kind of pimping it ever since man uh, i remember what you my, gotta do i remember my yeah. junior year in college right i was in a computer lab and all the seniors this is gonna tell you how old i am all the seniors 
had floppy disks, right? And they were, I'm not going to say stealing, I'm going to say appropriating. Photoshop, Illustrator, they had this program called Compact Pro, and they were taking copies, you know what I mean? Because everybody freelance, you know what I mean? And they didn't have it, nobody could afford it and everything, probably still can't afford it. And as a matter of fact, I have an Illustrator friend of mine. This is how, this is, this is, this is what people would do to get uh, Adobe. He took a college course just so he could get the discount for the entire creative suite. Yeah. Wow. The, the, the discount for the student and the course is cheaper than buying the suite. So, uh, that's, that's crazy, man. So how did you find your anchor? Um, I, I actually got my start on a site called deviant art. Okay. Um, it's a really cool site where, uh, doesn't matter what your level of artistic expertise is, or even if, if you're just a, a watcher, you're just a viewer, an appreciator of art, you can go there, post things up, and share with other people. I started putting my art up there, and I started getting a lot of followers and watchers. Mm-hmm. And my anchor, uh, Jake Eisenberg, was one of them. And he's done some amazing work. He's a professional anchor. He's, he's worked for uh, companies like uh, IDW. He's done Transformers. He's, he's done a bunch wow. of stuff. And I was just lucky enough to have him interested in my work. You know, we just started doing stuff for each other for free at first. And then we, you know, let's, you know, let's work on, let's work on something. And, mm-hmm. you know, so we've there's been a community over years. there. I knew DeviantArt was, I didn't know if it was still as, as popular as it once was. That's great. Yeah, it, it's, it's a slow down a bit. And there are definitely a lot of alternatives right now. But, mm-hmm. you know, for what it was and is, I, it's, it's still valuable to me. And I, I definitely recommend anybody interested in art. Or even just trying to get their own thing popping off, and you want to find some artists or colorists, go to DeviantArt, and you'll see. And how did you come across your colorist? Um, same thing. Started off with DeviantArt, mm-hmm. but from there, I've just made a lot of connections with uh, other artists. It's really just, you'd be surprised what you can do when you trust your work and you put it out there for people to see, mm-hmm. and just see how people respond to it. And, and that's really how it started, just, you know, networking and, and a mutual appreciation for art. That's how you get that's how you get these people. That's how you get good collaborators and, you know, like minded individuals, I think. Mm-hmm. Now, is this your first published comic? It, uh, technically, actually, um, I think a couple years back, I, I actually did an anthology um, mm-hmm. among independent artists. Anthologies are pretty popular where you kind of just have a bunch of artists each have your own story and then you put it together in one book. So I did uh, an anthology once and uh, printed that, but that wasn't my thing. I was just part of it. But from there, that sparked my interest in doing my own thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry about that. Uh-huh. Very clumsy over here. But, um, uh, but yeah, that, I'd started, that sparked my interest in doing my own thing and uh, I just took it from there. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. Wow. So tell me about the reception that you've been getting with summons. Uh, summons, uh, people have been really good to me with summons, actually. They've been very responsive. Again, I had a Kickstarter um, a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and I had a goal of $6,000, I believe. Mm-hmm. And I got over $8,000. Um, I wasn't expecting that at all. So I immediately gained over 200 fans right there. Wow. Um, locally and internationally. And it was just a great shock because any artist 
artists can tell you they're you know they don't really think anyone is going to like their stuff like mostly you're doing it for yourself you're just making stuff that you like mm-hmm. to to see someone else gravitate towards it that's just a bonus yeah. Uh, so the reception has been pretty good. I've uh, just been trying to hold my end of the bargain and, and keep up with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I'm looking at issue number two, and I uh, thank you for uh, signing it, by the way. And uh, I'm, I'm looking at the uh, police officer uh, in issue two who woke up uh, in the woods behind a gutted deer. Yes. Looks like some uh, animal tore it to pieces. And he's kind of laying there asleep. With his uh, clothes all ripped up, and I mm-hmm. thought it was cute. With a little, little, little uh, elementary school kids walk up and say, "You want to see a dead body?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the brother moves, and like, "Oh shit!" And they run away. Yep. So, uh, tell me about the development of. Uh, oh man, now, I usually have everybody's name memorized, but tell me about this officer. Give me a little bit about his background. Yeah, uh, John Farrell. Um, yep. You know, he's 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 a he's a black officer. Mm-hmm. Um, in a small town called Bankwood that doesn't really get a whole lot of, you know, bad stuff going on. And then suddenly there's this multi-murder case that he has to uh, head up. Um, you know, he's trying to move up in the force. He's, he's a family man. He's got a, he's got a, a wife who's pregnant. So he's, he's got a bunch of things that he's dealing with. But then suddenly he starts feeling strange the more cases that he, he goes, you know, the more things that he does, he start realizing that, you know, he can sense things, he can smell things better, he can, his physical attributes are, are changing. Um, and at first, there's no, crazy. there's no gamma radiation involved in this, is it? No, 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 no. Okay, no, no. all right, go ahead. This, go, this, go again, this is supernatural <laughs> stuff. So it's, 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 it's less science, although there will be some science in there later because mm-hmm. I like merging the two. But, Basically, this is going to be he, he's it's like a curse. He's got a curse hmm. and, he, you know, it's a werewolf curse. And uh, so he just starts to find out more about himself, but he kind of doesn't want to know at the same time. So he's he's very he holds his secrets very close to the chest, mm-hmm. but he'll ultimately find out that that's not going to be enough. There's going to be forces at play that are going to get him in the game, so mm-hmm. to speak. And he. Th- his job is just to try to navigate all that and see how he can come out unscathed and still protect his family and still have a life. Mm-hmm. You know, what's interesting when I look at your comics, you know, other than the, the quality, the gorgeous art, the uh, the intense stories. I mean, some of the, the you know, I- anybody who really loves comics loves like the two page spread. You know what I mean? When you open up something and you see, you know, Superman holding Supergirl and crying his eyes out and everything and all that. You know what I mean? When you see something that epic, it's like, wow. And there's yep. a couple of different pages uh, when, I, when I open it. You know, there's one in the first one. Well, there's a couple in the first one. But there's one where I see this griffin kind of popping out. I don't want to spoil everything for the readers because, of course, I want everybody to pick up the book. Um, I know that I picked up the book at comicsology.com. And uh, you can also get the print at uh indieplanet.com dot, dot yep. com okay i thought it was dot us yeah dot com and uh they can also go to your site too chris right yeah my site uh cdubart.com the c-d-u-b-b-a-r-t.com mm-hmm. and uh you can get signed issues sent directly from me from there yeah so. i'm gonna get a couple more signed issues because i sent a bunch of comics to my cousins down in north carolina and the auntie called back and said, yo, 
Where'd you get these books? Da, 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 da. You know, um, I contend that we're in a another black comics renaissance. You know, and 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 black comics may be too restrictive. I would say black creative content. You know, kind of renaissance. Um, and so when I look at your book and and I look at you know I could just have this out in the coffee house. Hey, ooh, what's that? And da, 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 da. You know, um, so my point that I was going to make, I totally got distracted. When I look <laughs> at your book, right, mm-hmm. the first thing that pops into my mind, uh, other than all the stuff that I just mentioned, is that this is probably the most healthy uh, depiction of diversity than I can think of. Your, your, your main uh, protagonist in the first book is like a little cute white girl i think she's white you look white to me mm-hmm. and uh but you know you didn't make her a sidekick you didn't make her you know what i mean she's powerful she figures out things of course she has help she has i would say like uh avatars that kind of look out for her, you know mm-hmm. you, you treat her very well in this book and then there's this one spread i don't know the page number but you know she's kind of sitting on the bed kind of musing and then the next you get this incredible uh two page spread with this demon is jumping through the window you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a very kind of 90s-esque kind of, you know, kind of spread. Just just classic. And yeah, I love that book, stuff. Yeah, man. And then the next book, same thing. You got a brother. You know what I mean? He's doing his bit. You know, you tease uh, the first book a little bit and everything. And so is there a, is there any extra effort that it takes in, in terms of, you know, writing different characters? Does it, does it make a difference to you? I mean, tell me about... Uh, the character development and why you chose uh, to depict the characters this way. Um, I just, you, you want to initially, obviously you want to go for, for characters that are interesting and that bring some, some semblance of realism to them, but mm-hmm. also a sense of, of awe and, you know, something that differentiates them from any other character. Um, but I just, there's just certain types of characters that I'm really interested in. And so it excites me to expand on them, excites me to create them. Mm -hmm. Uh, They might be a little tropey or a cliche, but like certain character archetypes. So the the demon hunter chick um, has become increasingly popular um, in comics recently and actually in independent comics. But in my case, my character, I just... Like, for instance, she is adopted by a black family. Mm-hmm. She's, she's a white girl and she's adopted by a black family. Yep. And again, there's certain things that I wanted to add to that character archetype that haven't been seen. Yeah. So it's like, it's just funny. Like, uh, upon most initial appearances, sometimes I'll get from people like, yeah, I've seen this before until I started reading it a little bit more. Exactly. And that's what I kind of, that's, that's my focus. So the same thing, you know, I wanted a black character. I wanted a, a main black character, strong, you know, nothing too, too cliche or anything like that. Just, just, it's not even the fact that he's black. He's just a man mm-hmm. who happens to be black. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of where things need to go in order to really bring diversity to the forefront in, in an organic way. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just my take. I'm, you know, I'm not the gospel, but that's my take on it. Bring it organically and just see what happens and then let their personality come out and, and let their personality develop. Don't just make it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm aiming to do. Now, I've spoken with uh, 
my focus here on the, on the podcast is I speak to comic book creators and fiction writers. I feel like you guys come off the same vibration. And nice. something that you hear writers say is that, you know, if I don't write every day, if I don't write, you know, the characters will start to nag me, you know, or um, I'll write and then I intend the story to go one way and then the characters tell me to go another. I've always wondered when it comes to drawing, do the characters speak to you? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's that's what you want. I think that's what most artists are after. It's a bummer when the character doesn't speak to you. It's mm. a bummer when the page doesn't speak to you. When you're mm. just looking at a blank page and there's no spark there, it's almost like going through depression. It's almost like it's just, oh, this sucks. Wow. I, I need to create, but there's something that's stifling me. And, and, and I think that's why inspiration is so important. But yeah, you definitely, definitely, my characters speak to me. That's, that's my aim. When they do, I feel like I'm doing something right. Do they dictate how you draw them? Do they dictate how the story goes? What do they say? In some weird ways, they do. And I even find myself mimicking their facial expressions while I'm trying to draw them. <laughs> okay. Like, I'll do that thing. And it's like my girlfriend will be looking over my shoulder and like, what are you doing? I was like, don't worry about me right now. Just just leave me alone. Right. I, I can't explain this right now. And I don't want to. Um, wow. <laughs> I need to be by myself. Uh, so, yeah, they uh, I, again, I think that's the aim. Because that's that's a testament to the life that you're putting into them. Mm. And uh, that means that they're going to be that much more resonant than other people. Mm. Now, you're out in the the middle of Pennsylvania. I mean, you're a long way from Philly, right? Um, actually, I'm not that far from Philly. Um, what? Yeah, my, my hometown uh, is about a half hour out from Philly. And right now, I'm actually a little bit closer. Um, so I'm, I'm in Upper Darby right now. Um, oh, okay. All right. All right. When I saw, I thought you was, uh, years ago when I was the art director, um, we had a printer that was below Harrisburg. And uh, one day I sent the magazine out, but I forgot to send the fonts. This is a little bit before, you know, Dropbox. Right. Right. And I had to put the fonts on the SideQuest disc and drive all the way out there. So when I, when I, okay, I thought you were way out there. So you're not too far from Philly. Okay. Yeah. Is there an art scene out there? I mean, is there, I mean, do you guys, uh, is there any other artists in the local area that you kind of, you know, you guys meet at the docks and talk what's going on? I mean, oh, oh yeah, definitely. I mean, not as much as I would like, but that's just because we're all busy and that's, that's kind of, you know, uh, prefer, you know, proverbially, you know, the, the, the right kind of problem to have. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, there, there's a, ever since uh, college, I went to the Art Institute of Philadelphia. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. They, there was a lot of little clubs that uh, you could join and some of them weren't even from the college. It was just a, a bunch of artists that would link up. So I have a bunch of friends that I still stay in contact with. Some of them are, are doing the same thing that I'm doing. And uh, I even see them at conventions. So the convention scene is, is hyping up a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll all go to those. We'll be surprised when we see each other. Mm -hmm. um, a, lot of comic can, uh, a lot of comic shops have things that they hold. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to get more into that. But there's definitely a scene here. And, and if anything, I think it's emerging even more now. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I'm not going to take up too much of your time. But uh, in one of our Twitter conversations, you mentioned commissions. Can you talk about that? Oh, yeah. That's one of my main uh, little side hustle, hustles, I guess, if you want to call it that. But mm -hmm. I love doing commission work. Um, it's pretty much I 
someone comes to me and they'll email me a concept or a character that they want and I have a price list that gives specifications of, you know, what they can expect for this price and all that. And we just come to agreement and I draw what they want and I'll mail them the originals and so on and so forth. Wow. Has anybody ever asked you to create a commission as like a gift for someone? Oh, yeah. Actually, um, I just uh, I'm in the middle of doing one right now. Um, I, I don't know if I can say what it is because mm -hmm. I guess it's supposed to be a gift. But, yeah, a, a lot of uh, I get a lot of interesting character mashups. Uh, those are things I really enjoy. So it'll be like a, like, you know, like a Star Wars character matched up with a Marvel character or okay. stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely. That's cool. That's cool. Chris, man, it's been wonderful to speak with you, brother. I, I, my sponsor tells me you're busy. You got to grind them pictures out. Um, can you tell the folk where to find you on the, uh, on the interwebs? Uh, definitely. Um, again, my website is cdubart.com. That's C-D-U-B-B-Art. That's also my handle on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also check out my uh, Summons Comic Facebook page. It's the Summons Comic on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, just check me out there. I'm, I'll be around. I'm friendly. Cool. Chris, it's been an honor to have you on the program. Thank you very much. It's been an honor uh, talking to you as well. Yo, family, that's another episode of Jonathan Soul in the Bag. Hope y'all dug it, and I hope y'all took note of the contact info at the end of the interview. Go ahead and reach out. Go ahead and support those folks. Hey, listen, by the way, family, speaking of support, you can support your friendly neighborhood podcaster by going over to jonathansoul.com and picking up my ebook, Malcolm Mars. Malcolm like the prophet, Mars like the planet. It's an ebook I wrote. Three families go to Mars to escape the violence and racism of Earth. Black people in space always uh, intrigue me, and that's what you get. You get the politics, the aliens, the family dynamic, the high technology, the whole nine. And uh, I think they're vegetarians or something of that sort. But yeah, family, go ahead and check them out. Uh, also, uh, you can follow me on uh, social media, J O H N A T J N S E U L on Black Spot on tumblr and on twitter and of course you can subscribe to this show on itunes and uh if you go to jonathansoul.com there's a little rss feed that you can link up with listen i love you guys hope all your dreams come true and if they're not just work a little bit smarter